Hello and welcome back. Today I am going to read for you. The maybe you have listened to chapter one, the Riddle House. I hope you do. It's a lot of amazing, you know. That's a bit of an ear, you know. So let's get started. Chapter two, the scar. Harry lay flat on his back. Breathing as hard as though he had been running, he had awoken from a vivid dream. With his hands pressed over his face, the old scar on his forehead, was shaped like a bolt of lightning, was burning beneath his fingers as though someone had just pressed a white hot wire to his skin. He sat up, one hand still on his scar, the other reaching out in the darkness for his glasses, which were bedside, which were on the bedside table. He put them on, and on his bedroom came into clear focus, lit by a faint misty orange light that was filtering through the curtains from the street lamp outside the window. Harry ran his fingers over the scar again. It was still painful. He turned on the lamp beside him, scrambled out of bed, crossed the room, opened his wardrobe, and peered into the mirror on the inside of the door. A skinny boy of fourteen looked back at him. His bright green eyes puzzled under his untidy black hair. He examined the lightning bolt scar of his reflection more closely. It looked like normal, but it was still stinging. Harry tried to recall what he had been dreaming about before. He had awoken. It had been so real. There had been two people he knew, and one he didn't. He concentrated hard, frowning, trying to remember the dim picture of a darkened room came to him. There had been a snake on a hearth rug. A small man called Peter. Nicknamed Wormtail, in a cold, high voice, the voice of Lord Voldemort. Harry felt as though an ice cube had slipped down into his stomach at the very thought. He closed his eyes tightly and tried to remember what Voldemort had looked like, but it was impossible. All Harry knew was that at the moment when Voldemort's chair had swung around, and Harry had seen what was sitting in it, he had spell, he had felt a spasm of horror which had awoken him. Or had that been the pain? Or had that been the pain in his car? And who had the old man been? 
for there had definitely been an old man harry watched him fall to the ground he was all becoming confused harry put his face into his hands blocking out his bedroom trying to hold on to the picture that dimly lit room but it was like trying to keep water in his cupped hands the details were not trickling away as fast as he tried to hold on them Voldemort and Wormtail had been talking about someone they had killed so Harry could not remember their name and they had been plotting to kill someone else him Harry took his face out of his hands opened his eyes and stared around his bedroom as to expecting to see something unusual there as it happened there were an extraordinary number of unusual things in his room a large wooden trunk stood open at the foot of his bed revealing a cauldron broomstick black robes and assorted spell books rolls of parchment littered in that part of his desk was hedwig hedwig perched on the floor bedside his bed a book lay open he had been reading it before he fell asleep the previous night pictures this book were all moving man bright orange robes were swimming and in and out of stone broom sticks throwing a red ball to it at jar Harry walked over to this book picked it up and watched one of the wizards score a spectacular goal by putting the ball through a fit foot high hoop then he snapped the book shut <coughs> even Quidditch and Harry's opinion the best sport in the world couldn't just tracked him at the moment he plays the flying with the cannons on his bedside table crossed to the window and drew back to the curtains of the service tree the service the street below river drive looked exactly as respectable suburban street would be expected to look in the early hours of Saturday morning all the curtains were closed as far as harry could see through the darkness there wasn't a living creature inside not even a cat and yet and yet harry went restlessly back to his bed and sat down on it running a finger over his scar again it was in the pain that bothered him i was no stronger 
to pain and injury. He had lost all the bones from his right arm once and had them painfully regrown in a night. The same arm had been pierced with enormous long fang not long afterwards. Only last year, Harry had fallen 50 feet and from an airborne broomstick. He was used to bizarre accidents and injuries. They were unavoidable if you attended Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry and had a knack for attracting a lot of trouble. No other thing was bothering Harry was the last time his scar had hurt him. It had been because Voldemort had been close by, but Voldemort couldn't be here now. The idea of Voldemort lurking in private drive was absurd, impossible. Harry listened closely to the silence around him. Was he half expecting to hear the creak of a stair or the switch of a clock? And then he jumped slightly as he heard his cousin Dudley give a tremendous grunting snore from the next room. Harry shook himself mentally. He was being stupid. There was no one in the house with him except Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia and Daddy and they were plainly still asleep, their dreams untroubled and painless. Asleep was the way Harry liked the Dursleys best. It wasn't as though there were ever any help to awake. Uh, Aunt Vernon, Uncle Vernon Aunt Petunia and Dudley were Harry's only living relatives. So guys, do you know this meaning? So I told you in the last year when I was reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I told you this. So let's read after it. They were muggles, non-magic people who hated and despised magic in any form which meant that Harry was about as welcome as in their house as dry rot. They had explained away Harry's long absences at Hogwarts over the last years by telling everyone that he went to St. Brutus's secure center for incurably criminal boys. They knew perfectly well that as an underage wizard, Harry wasn't allowed to use magic outside Hogwarts, but was still apt to blame him for anything that went wrong about the house. Harry had never been able to confide in them or tell them anything about his life in the wizarding world. The very idea of going to them when they awoke and telling them about his car hurting him and his worries about Voldemort was laughable.
and yet it was because of Voldemort that Harry had come to live with the Dursleys in the first place. If it hadn't been for Voldemort, Harry would not have had the lightning star on his forehead. If it hadn't been for Voldemort, Harry would still have had parents. Harry had been a year old the night that Voldemort, the most powerful dark wizard for a century, a wizard who had been gaining power steadily for 11 years, arrived at his house and killed his father and mother. Voldemort then had then turned his wand on Harry. He had performed the curse that disposed of Mary Fulgurone witches and wizards in his steady rise to power and and incredibly it had not worked. Instead of killing the small boy, the curse had rebounded upon Voldemort. Harry had survived with nothing but a lightning shaped cut on his forehead and Voldemort had been reduced to something barely alive. His power was gone, his life almost extinguished. Voldemort had fled. The terror in which the secret community of witches and wizards had lived for so long had lifted Voldemort's followers he had disbanded and Harry Potter had become famous. It had been enough of a shock for Harry to discover on his 11th birthday that he was a wizard. It had been even more disconcerting to find out that everyone in the hidden wizarding world knew his name. Harry had arrived at Hogwarts to find that heads turned and whispers followed him wherever he went. But he was used to it now. At the end of it this summer, he would be starting his fourth year at Hogwarts and he was already counting the days until he would be back at the castle again. But there was still a fortnight to go before he went back to school. He looked hopelessly around his room again and his eyes paused on the birthday cards his two best friends had sent him at the end of July. What would they say if he wrote to them and told about his car hurting? At one, Hermione Granger's voice filled his head, shrill and panicky. Your scar hurts? Harry, that's really serious. Write to Professor Dumbledore and I'll go check common magical ailments and affliction. Maybe there's something up in there in curse scars. Yes, that would be Hermione's advice. Go straight to the headmaster of Hogwarts and in the meantime, consult a book. Harry stared out of the window at the inky blue-black sky. He doubted very much whether a book could help him now. As far as he knew, he was the only living person 
to have survived a curse like Voldemort's. It was highly unlikely, therefore, he would have found his symptoms listened in comic magic ailments and afflictions. As one from the headmaster, Harry had no idea why Dumbledore won during the summer holidays. He amused himself for a moment, picturing Dumbledore with his long silver beard, full-length wizard's robes and pointed hat stretched out on a beach somewhere, rubbing suntan lotion into his long crook nose. Wherever Dumbledore was to, he was sure that Hedwig would be able to find him. Harry's owl had never yet failed to deliver a letter to anyone, even without an address. But what would he write? Dear Professor Dumbledore, Sorry to bother you, but my scar hurt this morning. Yours sincerely, Harry Potter. Even inside his head, the words sounded stupid. And so he tried to imagine his other best friend Ron Weasley's reaction and in a moment, Ron's long-nosed, freckled face seemed to swim before Harry wearing a bemused expression. Your scar hurt, but you know who can't be near you now. Tally? I mean, you'd know, wouldn't you? He'd be trying to do you in again, wouldn't he? I don't know. Harry, maybe curse scars always twinge a bit. Alas, Dad. Mr. Weasley was a full qualified wizard who worked in the misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office at the Ministry of Magic. But he didn't have any particular expertise in the matter of curse as far as Harry knew. In any case, Harry didn't like the idea of whole Weasley family knowing that he I was getting jumpy about a few moments pain. Mrs. Weasley would first was then Hermione, Fred and Fred then George, around 60 and all year old twin brothers might think Harry was losing his nerve. The Weasleys were Harry's favorite family in the world. He was hoping that they might invite him to stay at any time now. Ron had mentioned something about the Quidditch World Cup and somehow didn't want to visit his punctual aided with anxious inquiries about his car. Harry needed his forehead with knuckles. What he really wanted and felt almost shameful to admit it to himself was someone like someone up like a parent, an adult wizard whose advice he could ask without feeling stupid, someone who cared about him, who had experience of dark magic. Then the solution came to him. 
it was so simple and so obvious that he couldn't believe it had taken so long serious harry leapt f- up from the bed hurried across the room and sat down at his desk he pulled a piece of parchment towards him loaded his eagle feather quill with ink wrote dear serious then paused wondering how best to phrase his problem and still marveling at the fact he hadn't thought of serious straight away but then perhaps it wasn't surprising after all he had only found that out that serious was his godfather two months ago there was a simple reason for serious complete absence from harry's life until then serious had been in askaban the terrifying wizard goal guarded by creatures called dementors sightless soul sucking fiends who had come to search for serious at hogwarts when he had escaped yet serious had been innocent the murders for which he had been convicted had been committed by wormtail voldemort supporter whom nearly everybody now believed dead harry ron and hermione knew otherwise however they had come face to face with wormtail the previous year though only professor dumbledore had believed their story for one glorious hour harry had believed that he was leaving the dursleys at last cosirius had offered him a home once his name had been cleared but the chance had been snatched away from him wormtail had escaped before they could take him to the ministry of magic and cirius had to flee for his life harry had helped him escape on the back of a hippogriff called bugbeef and since then sirius had been on the run the home harry might have had a warm tail had not escaped had been haunting him all summer it had been doubly hard to return to the dursleys knowing that he had so nearly escaped them forever nevertheless serious had been some help to harry if he couldn't be with him it was due to serious that harry now had all his school things in his bedroom with him the dursleys had never allowed this before their general wish of keeping harry as miserable as possible coupled with their fear of his hours had led them to lock his school truck in the cupboard under the stairs every summer prior to this but their attitude had changed since they had found out that harry had a dangerous murder for a godfather harry had conveniently forgotten to tell them that serious was innocent harry had received two letters from serious since he had been back at private drive 
both had been delivered not by owls as was usual with wizards but by large brightly colored tropical birds hedwig had not approved of these flashy intruders she had been most reluctant rec- to allow them to drink from a water tray before flying off again harry on the other hand had liked them they put him in mind of palm trees and white sand he and he hope when that wherever serious was serious never said and the in case the letters were intercepted he was enjoying himself somehow harry found it hard to imagine the mentors surviving for long in bright sunlight perhaps that was why serious had gone south serious's letters which were now hidden beneath the highly usual loose floorboard under harry's bed sounded cheerful and in both of them he had reminded reminded harry to call him um, if ever harry needed to well he needed to now all right harry's lamp seemed to grow dimmer as the cold gray light that precedes sunrise crept into the room finally when the sun had risen and his bedroom walls had turned cold and one sounds of movement could be heard from uncle vernon and aunt petunia's room had cleared his desk and of crumpled pieces and parchment he reread his finished letter near serious thanks for your last letter that board was enormous it could hardly get through my window things are same as usual here dudley's diet isn't going too well man found him smuggling donuts into his room yesterday they told him they'd have to cut his pocket money if he keeps doing it so he got really angry and chucked his playstation out of the window that's a sort of computer thing you can play games on bit stupid really now he hasn't even got mega mutilation part 3 to take off his mind of thing um okay mainly because the dursleys are terrified you might turn up and turn them into all bad if i ask you to a weird thing happened this morning though my scar hurt again last time that happened it was because voldemort was at hogwarts but i don't reckon he can be anywhere near me now can he do you know if curse scars sometimes hurt yours afterwards i'll send this with hedwig when she gets back she's off hunting at the moment say 
Hello to both big for me. Harry. Yes, thought Harry that looked all right. There was no point putting in the dream but he didn't want to look as though he was too worried. He folded the parchment up and laid it aside on his desk, ready for when Hedwig returned. Then he got to his feet, stretched and opened his wardrobe once more. Without glancing at his reflection, he started to get dressed before going down to breakfast.